You've been running from the memories and the failures of the past. Searching for a life with meaning, looking for a love to last. In your heart you feel defeated and hopelessly lost. Lift your eyes toward Calvary and run to the cross. Run to the cross, run to the cross. There you will find God's love divine. Run to the cross. Okay, Psalm 18 tonight, Psalm 18, appreciate your kind words, Pastor, it's always a privilege to teach and preach here at the Gospel, enjoy it very much, as you all know, it's basically my passion in life is to study the Word, of, to read the Word of God, memorize the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God. I love to study the Word of God, as the Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. And then I find it quite fulfilling to take what the Lord has allowed me to study and put it into lesson or, or sermon form and then deliver it. It's, it's just quite satisfying. And so I, I, I won't be long tonight. My wife told me not to be. So I, I, happy wife, happy life. And so I was taught that at a young age, so this will be not too long, uh, and you can thank my wife for that, but um, just, just, just she didn't tell me to do that, please. I do want to have a good night, so please don't go up to her and hassle her afterwards. I shouldn't have said anything, but the cat's out of the bag. And uh, some have asked if, because if, uh, I've joked around in Sunday school that Linda puts my slides together, and uh, she does not. I do that. And so, now if there's a mistake, then maybe she was talking to me, influencing me, but uh, just, just, to let, just to let you know. But I want to talk to you tonight, as the bulletin has in there, the title is, His Way is Perfect. His Way is Perfect. And we find this in Psalm 18, verse 30 through 32. Let me read those verses for us tonight. And then we'll have a word of prayer. It says, as for God, his way is perfect. And that's where we're going to park on tonight. But we're going to walk through the entire 18th Psalm. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God? Save the Lord. Or who is a rock? Save our God. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. And so I want to key in on that first phrase in verse 30, as for God, his way is perfect. And then the last phrase of verse 32, and maketh my way perfect. Let's have a word of prayer and ask God's blessing on our time together. Heavenly Father, we again come to you in the name above every name, my Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. 
what a blessing it is to be called your child. And Father, tonight as your children gather, would you meet with us? Holy Spirit of God, as was promised by Jesus himself, guide us into all truth tonight. Give us wisdom, because we all lack wisdom. And if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so we're asking tonight to give us wisdom and understanding and knowledge in the things of God so that your Holy Spirit can work a work in each and every heart, changing us to be more like Jesus Christ in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. I pray tonight your children would be strengthened, your church would be edified, and that above all, your name glorified. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. As we've already read in Psalm 18, verse 30 through 32, we understand that God's way is perfect. And then at the end of verse 32, that He can make our way perfect. And I'd like to say that God makes no mistakes. There is absolutely no way that our God can make a mistake. Now sometimes, and I've said this before, I've disagreed with God and, and think that God's made a mistake in some manner. But I've told you, I learned at an at a early age that when I... When I disagree with God, I immediately say, George, you're wrong and God's right, and get on with my life. And that's helped me, uh, save me from a lot of struggles and a lot of problems, just realizing when I think God has done something that I don't agree with, I'm not the one that's right. He's right. I'm wrong. God makes no mistakes. And how can two uh, walk together except they be agreed? I want to be in total agreement with my God. And God speaks here in Psalm 18 of His way and our way. And that's a real battle that every Christian fights on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. It's a battle between light and darkness. A battle between heaven and hell. A battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And it is a real warfare that is raging in all of our lives on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. I really believe a Christian has to, throughout the day, make decisions that they're going to live for Christ. It, it's, it's sometimes difficult just to make one decision in the morning that's going to last all day because circumstances arise, things happen, and we must take a step back in our spiritual mind and say, no, I'm going to live for God. No, I'm going to think like a Christian, talk like a Christian, act like a Christian as things come into my path during the day. But it is a real warfare. Some people say, I don't want to be a part of that warfare. My friends, if you're a child of God, you enlisted in that warfare when you became a child of God. And the battle is waging, uh, raging. The devil wants to defeat us. The devil wants to discourage us. The devil wants to ruin our testimony. It is a real, real battle. But we must desire the way of God to become our way. Because a lot of times we think that we have the best way, the, uh, the greatest way. But my friend, God's way is perfect. God's way, there is no mistake. In God's way, the Lord Jesus Christ is honored and glorified. And so we must have a passionate underlying desire in our lives that God's way, which is perfect, would be our way. It's easy to say, is it not? that God's way is perfect when all is going well. It's easy to say, oh, God is good. And God is good all the time when things are going well. But I remember being driven to the ER one evening with my one kidney stone, which I've had six, but with my one kidney stone, 
and looking over to my father that was driving me and saying, Dad, I'm sorry, but I think I'm going to throw up in your car. And he said, don't worry about it. That was his reply. Don't worry about it. Do what you have to do, son. But I'm going to tell you, in that situation, when you want to dig your insides out, it's harder to say God's way is the perfect way. Last spring, when I had my one of my upper molars removed, and they ruptured my left maxillary sinus, and I had a true, true sinus infection. And I'm laying at home, taking time off the clinic, and even missing church on a Sunday because of that. When you're lying there, not eating gumdrops and candy, but you're thriving in pain, it's a little bit more difficult, is it not? And some of you have been through and are going through much worse things than I've ever been through. But even in those times, God's way is perfect. Not my way, but God's way is perfect. God's way is the right way. Even when things are not going well, God's way is perfect. There are God is not making mistakes. What the Lord is trying to do He's working in us, trying to transform us so that we trust Him. So that no matter where we find ourselves, whether it be good or whether it be bad, and sometimes I say to myself, George, do you really know what is a good situation and a bad situation? Because if God put me in that situation, then that's the situation I need to be in at that time. And so, but we like to classify, and I understand that. We all like to classify and quantify things. But if God wants me there, then by God's grace and mercy, he'll sustain me there. And he's putting me through these things so that I learn to trust him more as I go from day to day. I've said this before. God doesn't waste suffering. He doesn't waste it. But it's there to transform us so that we trust him. And it's either going to be our way or God's way. And I believe there's no real eternal peace and purpose in our life if we're not following God's way. Because my way, your way, does not have the capacity to generate lasting peace and purpose. But God's way does. God's way can transcend as it says, and the peace that passes all understanding, God has a way of transcending our situations and our own stupidity and giving us, as we find our way, His way, His way is perfect, that eternal peace and purpose in our lives. And so God's way is perfect. God makes no mistake, and may we endeavor tonight, and uh, we're going to go through a few things in Psalm 18, to make His way our way. To the best of our ability, by the grace and mercy of God, by the power of the indwelling Spirit of God, that my thoughts are God's, are God's thoughts, that my words are His words, and, and that uh, my actions are the actions He would have me to do. pastor said this before, I forget the name of the individual, but as he continued to read the Bible and be in the Bible, he started to speak like the Bible. He started to have Bible language, and may we have that, where 
when we make references, our references are not necessarily to the batting average or to the quarterback score of our, of our favorite player, uh, but that our references are verses in the Word of God. That our references are the heroes of the faith. Our references are to the stories of the Word of God. Because as was said this morning, we are so bent on focusing on the temporal that we're losing sight of the eternal. And the temporal is so small compared to the eternal, there is no comparison really. And so let me share with you three things here tonight. First of all, our God delivers. Go back, our God delivers. Go back to Psalm 18, the first six verses. Let me read those for you. David is finding himself in a very difficult situation in Psalm 18, verses 1 through 6. We'll read it and you'll see that it's an awful situation. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And my friends, only our Savior is worthy to be praised. Not us, not some franchise, not some business, but our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit's guidance. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Now listen in verse 4 and 5, the, the awful situation that David finds himself in. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. We see David speaking out to his heavenly father, the Lord Jesus Christ, in a very personal way, and we find that he flees to the Lord during this most awful, significant situation in verses 4 and 5. And my friends, that's where we need to flee when we find ourselves in an awful, significant situation is flee to the Lord Jesus Christ. Flee to our Heavenly Father because He has the answers and He cares for us like any father, a true father, would care for their children. David flees to his God. It's an awful situation that he, that he testifies to in verses 4 and 5. But in verse 6, when he finds himself in this situation, he cries unto the Lord and the Lord hears him. And I think a lot of times, as we are in situations that may not be pleasing to us, God is waiting for us to come to a place where we see no way out. And then we cry out to Him. And what I like to call that is that we come to the end of ourselves. And I preached a message, it's been probably a, a few years now, out of the Psalms, what to do when you are at your wit's end. And sometimes, I told you in that message, sometimes being at wit's end is the worst place to be, but sometimes in a different angle as you look at it, it's the best place to be. Because when you're at wit's end, when you are at the end of yourself, you realize you do not have the answer 
The answer lies outside of you. It's not in the humanistic philosophy that is so apparent in this world, but the answer is in the Word of God. The answer is crying out to our Heavenly Father that will hear us and He will deliver us, but it may not, He may not deliver us in our way and in our time, but He will deliver in His way and in His time. Sometimes we got to get that through our thick heads. Because I think God's going to deliver me this way and He ends up delivering me that way. I think God's going to deliver me tomorrow when God says, no, you've got another 30 days of this. But God will deliver. And sometimes, depending on the situation, deliverance can be death. So David, as God delivers him, as we see here in verse 6 of Psalm 18, David, being delivered by God, in verses 7 through 19, breaks forth into praise, recognizing that God can do all things. Look what David says in verse 13. And, and he says it all through verse 7 through 19, but just to give you a little excerpts here, in verse 13, the Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, uh, hailstones and coals of fire. Verse 16, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from the strong enemy and from them which uh, hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. When God delivers you, have a spell and praise God for his glory and his matchless mercy and grace. Because without our God, where would we be? And my friends, deliverance and victory is all because of God. It's not because of George Crabbe's education or knowledge or wisdom or understanding. All of that you can dump at the wayside because all of that compared to God's wisdom, His knowledge, His understanding doesn't even compare. Deliverance and victory for a Christian comes from God and even deliverance and victory for the lost person to come to know Christ the Savior comes from God. So our God delivers because his way is perfect and he makes no mistakes. It goes on to say in Psalm 18, verse 19, secondly, that our God delights. Not only does our God deliver, our God delights. It says in verse 19, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. I believe the Lord takes a special interest in us. I believe there's nothing too small that God is not interested in in a child of God's life. He's personally interested in your life. I've told, I've told this to the Sunday school class before, or some of this, that uh, my father believed in work. And so he made me work. And uh, my first job was in a tool and die factory cutting pieces of steel. I had this motion down real well. Just like that. For six hours, eight hours a day. I was good at that. That took a lot of thought. And then I did that, and then uh, I graduated from high school. I was 18, and my dad volunteered me to roof because there was a man in the church that had a roofing business. And so he said, by the way, I volunteered you to work. 
so you're going to start you're going to learn how to put shingles on roofs and i had i had no concept of what i was getting into talk about naive i had no idea what that meant i soon learned as i was humping uh, bundles of shingles up ladders 80 pounds a piece and then you're a man or i thought i was a man uh, you know i can i can i can take two up at a time and when you're halfway up, about 15 foot off the ground, you still have 15 more feet to go, that 160 pounds starts to feel like 340 pounds, and you dare not drop them and break them. But the man that I worked for was a good Christian man, good godly man. And we would, just to let you know, we would, this was the day of cassette tapes, and uh, we would listen uh, to Jack Hiles on the roof. And the whole neighborhood would hear it. And uh, we would listen to good godly, you know, gospel music on the roof, and it just carried. People would come by looking at us, wagging their fingers at us. And I, again, I was a naive little 18-year-old. I, I, I didn't know what they were thinking. I'm glad I didn't. But we would pray before every job that God would bless our efforts. And we would pray that we would... And you might say this is crazy, but I've told you before, my God is my God is this big. That we would pray we'd have enough shingles to get done with the job. And if you don't know, we ridge cap is what you do at the end of a job, basically. And that's the crowning of the house. You have to slice up the shingle into three 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 little bits, and then you fold it over, nail it down. And you're you are, you're praying that you have enough. Because the last thing you want to do is go back to the factory and buy a full bundle of shingles for just two or three ridge caps. And I'm going to tell you, there were more times than not where we would finish ridging the house and we would have two or three pieces left. And my friend and I would sing praises to God. We would glorify God. You say, God doesn't do that. Mine does. I don't know about yours, but mine does. Because my God's interested in everything I'm doing. Because God, it says, does it not? It's not George Crabbe's opinion, but the Bible says he delighteth in us. He takes personal interest in our lives. And why does he do this? It says in verse 20 that he not only delighteth in me in verse 19, but it says in verse 20, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me. Why does he do this? Because he delights in us as a father would his own children. I love being around my children. I love doing things for my children. I love buying things for my children. I love meeting their needs. I delight in my children. It gives me a sense of satisfaction and enjoyment, and I believe so does it with God when he meets our needs and when he blesses us. There is a God in heaven who takes special delight in your life. Realize that. We don't serve a distant God, a God that is hard and cruel and angry, that's not the God of the Bible. My heavenly Father is loving and gracious and merciful and forgiving. He hates sin but loves the sinner. He longs to do more for you. He wants to do more for you. He wants to do more in you and he wants to do more through you. We need to make 
his perfect way our way. And so not only does God deliver, which he does, but God delights in us. I want you to take comfort in that tonight. In whatever situation you may find yourself, take comfort that God's interested in you. He delights in you. He rewards you according to your righteousness, as verse 20 says. Take comfort as you might be laying there later tonight with your aches and pains or other things that may, may be going on. And it may not even be a physical problem. It could be that you're suffering psychologically with a heavy burden on you or a heavy weight on you or spiritually with a heavy weight on you. That your God is not distant saying, oh, who cares about that person? He cared enough to send his son to die on the cross so that you and I don't have to taste of hellfire. Believe me, he's not dropped us off at a bus station somewhere to have us go somewhere else. Our God is with us. He's for us. And as the word of God says, he delights in us. And thirdly, our God directs. He not only delivers, he not only delights in us, but he directs us. Look at verse 20 and 21. For I have kept thy ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God for all his judgments were before me and I did not put away his statutes from me basically David is saying here Heavenly Father I've kept your word and I believe that the vast majority of what we need to know in order to do God's work will is found in God's word the written word of God. People say, I don't know what God's will is for my life. And I truly believe the best way to find God's will is to do God's will. If you're doing the will of God as you find it written in the word of God, then those other areas of life that are not laid out specifically in the Bible as we sang earlier, my God is faithful. If I am dedicated to following the Word of God, to living the will of God that I find out of the Word of God, then my God is faithful that will guide me into His will when it's not necessarily explained in the Word of God. That's the best way to do it. best way to find God's will is to do God's will. God directs us through His Word. He will direct your life if you let Him. God will, God Almighty, our Savior, will direct your life if you let him. And he wants to. In verse 32, as we uh, read earlier, or in, in Proverbs 14, 12, let me go there first. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We think we've got the way paved appropriately or in the right way, do we not? But man's way, as the Bible says, leads to death. God's way leads to life. And that's why he says in verse 32, It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. You see, God's way is perfect according to verse 30. But if we submit to God, if we yield to God, if we allow the word of God to direct our path and our thoughts, our words, and our actions, the Bible says, it's God that girdeth me with strength, and it is God that maketh my way perfect. So God's way is perfect, but I can have God's way in my life, 
if I yield to him, he can do it and make my way perfect as well. And boy, that's what all of us saved men and women need tonight. I'm not saying that you don't have God's perfect way in your life, but I'm saying, boy, we need that. God, I don't want, uh, I think I have my path planned out, but God, I want your perfect way to be my way. I want your word to guide me in every facet of my life. Not through my own wisdom or understanding, but the wisdom and understanding of God. You see, David sought direction from God, and David is known, and I know David, as we've all heard in messages and lessons and sermons, that David had a lot of problems. So do I. How about you? Paul said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I say that, and Brother Adam stands up and says, no, George, I'm the chiefest of sinners. And then Brother Knott stands up and says, no, Adam, no, George, I'm the chiefest of sinners. And then we work our way through the room, and we all say, no, I'm the chiefest of sinners. That's the proper way to look at yourself. I'm the chiefest of sinners. Any other way is called self-righteousness. Because if you can't say you're the chiefest of sinners, then that means someone's worse than you. So you think. Now, David, I say all that to say this, David had a lot of problems. But the Bible calls him a man after God's heart, God's own heart. And I believe one of the reasons that David is known as a man after God's own heart is because David sought direction from God's written word. He found God's way. Even though he made mistakes, he found God's way and he made it his way. Now, we can struggle going our own way, and God will let us. God will let us. We can struggle doing it our own way, but isn't it tiring? Doesn't it fatigue your spirit and soul when you're constantly doing it your own way, and you're constantly stumbling, you're constantly falling? It just gets tiring. I've done that. And I remember in my soul and spirit saying, George, it's so tiring. It's so difficult. It's so burdensome. And that's why we call it the liberating gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we call it freedom in Jesus Christ. Because that fatigue and that tiredness and that, that burdensome feeling is alleviated when we exchange our way for God's perfect way and ask God to make my way perfect as His way is perfect. And so you can struggle going your own way or we can yield to God's way and be blessed beyond measure. And as I've prayed before and as others, others have said in their prayers and in their uh, what they talk about, not only am I talking about blessings that we know about, but my friends, I believe there's probably more blessings that God has bestowed upon us that we don't know about than we actually do know about. That's why I constantly pray when I do pray, God, thank you for known and unknown blessings. And so tonight, you might be here tonight. I know this is basically church family. 
but you never take, I tell people in medicine, assumption in medicine can be deadly. I can assume things are going well and they're not going well and they end up hurting someone, disabling someone, or somebody dying. So I say, medically, assumption can be deadly, but spiritually, assumption can be deadly. If there's someone here tonight that you're trying to go your own way when it comes to getting to heaven, Proverbs 14, 12 nails it down. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you're treading down your own little path thinking everything's pie in the sky, you're going to get to heaven because you're pretty good. My friends, you're going to have a sad awakening when you open your eyes after death. Exchange God, your way for God's way. And God's way is His Son, Jesus Christ. And children of God, our God will deliver us. Please take comfort in the fact that our God delights in us. And our God wants to direct us. But we need to submit and yield to the written word of God. I pray as God leads that you'll make decisions tonight that would honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I pray that your words fell upon understanding ears. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move up and down each aisle, that you would touch every person that is here. I pray for the lost man or woman, young child, teenager, that's trying to make it to heaven their own way, that tonight they would exchange their way for your way, which is your son Jesus Christ, and be gloriously saved. I pray for us as your children that you would help us make good godly decisions tonight, that we would cry out to you for deliverance, that we would realize that you delight in us and that you want to direct our path. And I pray that tonight all of your children would submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God as you direct in every life. So, Father, have your will and way during this time of decision, this time of invitation. May the Lord Jesus Christ be honored and glorified. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.